This is RV on Business. Welcome to 101.9 Chai FM. It's nine minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's get straight into it. We all know South African, the South African economy is under pressure. The RAND's under pressure. There's uncertainty with policy. We're not quite sure where we're going. We're all hoping for the best. And I think we're very, very optimistic that it will be great. But in the meantime, we also know that the South African economy is less than 1% of the world's economy. So, why invest in South Africa when you can invest elsewhere? On the line with me is Harold Stradom, who is an actuary and a portfolio manager at Citadel. Harold, welcome to Chai FM. Afternoon. Afternoon, maybe. Thank you very much. Great. Thanks for joining us and thank you for making the time. Harold, the bottom line is our economy is small. It's a robust economy. We've always punched above our weight, so to speak. But the last while, we've really hit the canvas a few times. Is that a good reason for people to look at investing offshore? Or is offshore investing always just a good option to have in the mix of your investment portfolio? Harold, what I was saying um, before was that the South African economy is less than 1% of the world's economy. And we've really been through a bumpy road um, the last while. The economy hasn't performed. We've struggled on so many fronts. Most probably the most important thing we've struggled with is policy uncertainty, where investors are not quite sure what the plan really is. And then all of a sudden, oh, you know, many years ago, the economy opened and our um, forex laws relaxed and we were able to send money offshore and offshore investing became the flavor. Let's look at it today. Because our economy is weak, is that a great opportunity to invest offshore? Or should one be investing offshore anyway in order to complement their, their, their asset or their mix of investment portfolios? Yeah, it, I, I think it is – the question almost turns around nowadays. How much should you invest locally because you should have the majority or a substantial amount of your assets offshore? So the, the biggest reasons, uh, or you gave a very good intro now in terms of why we are looking offshore. Our economic growth has been so poor that the local markets have just not been giving us the returns that we require locally. So the, the most important reason to invest offshore is to enhance returns. Most regions have got much better economic growth, but more importantly, Companies there have been able to produce much better profits than what we can do locally. So for us to get to inflation plus returns as local South African rand-based investors, we need offshore exposure. So the JSE didn't give us cash over the last five years, while global equities measured in rand gave you in excess of 10%. So certainly for return enhancement, but um, in terms of your question, should we have local and offshore uh, exposure in our portfolio? Yes. If you look at history, the return, the risk and return characteristics of your portfolio improve so much when you hold a balance of both local and global assets. So that's what we commonly refer to as a diversified portfolio, but that remains a, one of the golden rules of investment. So when there, is, when there are crisis times in the market and uh, global equities and local equities sell off, typically the rent weakens a lot, um, the global bonds also sell off, but in that time, the only assets that will give you a positive return 
um, when we measure it in rands is, for example, U.S. bonds or gold or alternatives like hedge funds. So from a risk management perspective, offshore investment is crucial, but the combination is important. So that's the next point I want to come to. You know, the, the answer we'll often get is yes, but my financial manager or my financial consultant told me that if I go into a balance fund, it's got a percentage of that allocation offshore, and at the moment they're overweight um, offshore because of X, Y, and Z reasons. You know, if one is putting, let's say the only investment you've got is a, um, a, a unit trust and you're using a balance fund which has an offshore exposure, is that really paying lip service to offshore investment or is that really getting involved in offshore investment? Yes, it's, uh, if, if you in a retirement product, then you are forced to invest under the constraints of Regulation 28. So Correct. that is your retirement saving. But if you save discretionary money, then I think it is, I don't want to say it's wrong, but it is not good financial advice to constrain yourself to uh, a rate 28 type of constraint where you can only take 30% offshore. So it, it's certainly not the best way to save discretionary money just to put it in the traditional balance fund. So, with the, as you said, with Regulation 28, maybe just to unpack it for our listeners, under in a retirement annuity or a pension provident, um, you've, you've got certain um, limitations as to how one can invest, and that really came in to prevent people from going, you know, try waking up late and trying to be super aggressive in order to make up lost ground, which doesn't work. Um, so, therefore, it was just trying to limit the amount of exposure one could have offshore, limit the amount of exposure one could have to, uh, to, to assets um, in equities. So, to give a more of a rounded uh, portfolio that people wouldn't, the pendulum wouldn't swing too far one way or the other. So, there you're really limited. But when it comes to discretion, your money, um, um, held, if I understand you correctly, really what you're saying is that one should have a pure offshore invest. In other words, your rands are being converted into foreign currency, be it dollars, pounds, yen, whatever it is, and your investment sits offshore. Yes, um, I didn't get the exact question. So, uh, just to just to repeat, what I'm saying is that, uh, in your opinion, people should have direct offshore investments. Yes. Um, mm. Yes, it is. It depends on, on your circumstances, but I would prefer to rather have my money uh, offshore than to use some of the alternatives that you've got to uh, gain offshore exposure, whether it is through, we mentioned uh, a balance fund now, and there are various other instruments listed on the JSE, for example. But uh, I, well, our approach at Citadel has always been to, if you want to invest offshore, to take your money physically offshore, to get Reserve Bank clearance and invest offshore. So, um, Harold, let me ask you, if someone's sitting and listening to the show and they've got a sizable amount of money, I'm not talking about 10,000 rand, they've got 500,000 rand or even more, and they are looking to inf- invest directly offshore, how do they get in touch with you and what product does Citadel have to offer them? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm sitting in the asset management right. team. So, so I'm not sure whether they want to contact me. I would suggest that our website is 
is the best uh, place to start, and all our regional the regional heads or the guys that are in charge of our offices in the various regions, their contact details are there, and we'll be able to get in touch with them with them easily. In terms of what we offer globally, I would say well, we're starting from the the most risky side. We we have a number of equity focused offerings. Our best solution there is called our global great solution, which hold uh, about a 35 to 40 stocks of international quality companies, and uh, that is, have done very, very well the last number of years. Uh, we have other equity solutions as well, which is more if you've got specific style preferences. Then they, we have uh, global real, uh, real estate fund and uh, direct portfolios that we offer. We've got alternatives, um, and in there, the, we've got a, a strategy that's more a protected equity strategy, which is based around the, the S&P 500, um, and I can keep you busy for a long time to, to explain that strategy. Then we have a global bond fund as well. We have a global balance fund, which um, if you think of our local balance funds, they typically give you about a 30% fixed income, 70% equity exposure. That's sort of what that global balance fund provides you. And then we are, within, I think, the next month or so, we will also have a enhanced U.S. dollar cash fund. That we will that that's going to be available. So we have the 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 whole range of products available. But the strength of Citadel is always to construct the solution. We've never been a a product uh, sales organisation. We construct solutions that we cater to your needs. Um, Harold, thank you. I, I really wish you were in the studio because I'd love to unpack it with you with a little bit more. We're running out of time. But if you wouldn't mind, please just stay on the line. We need to run to the shops quickly. When we come back, um, there's a lot of questions about the RAND and investing. So uh, please stay with us. We'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It's 21, 21 minutes past 12. And on the line with me is Harold Stratum who is an actuary and a portfolio manager at Citadel, and we are talking about offshore investing. Investing, Harold, what a lot of people are asking is, how does one work with offshore investing and the RAND? So maybe just to unpack it a little bit, um, if I understand the concerns that people have, is you go and you invest offshore when the RAND, let's say, is 10 RAND to the dollar, for example, and then the RAND goes to 9 or it goes to 11, and your investment offshore is giving you a return to 3%, which is what's acceptable overseas. Over here, it would be dismal because it's below what we can get at, at the risk-free rate. How should one view the RAND strengthening or the RAND weakening when it comes to offshore investing? Hmm. Yeah, the, the level that you take your assets offshore, or the RAND level, is absolutely crucial. So if you go back three years, if you took your money offshore straight off the Nenegate, you are still losing on the RAND currently. But the problem that we that we have is typically when the RAND is strong, that when it's an attractive time to take money uh, offshore, that's also when, for example, global equity markets are very strong.
strong or have had a very good run. So then you, you don't want to invest in the offshore assets. On, on the other end, when the RAND is very weak, um, you don't want to uh, lock in the, the currency at that point. And, but that is typically the time that you want to invest in global markets. So there's, we follow two approaches. The one is when the RAND is attractive and the RAND, and, and you're happy to take money offshore, you don't invest straight into, say, the equity market. You keep that money in U.S. dollar cash and you phase into the equity market from there when you get buying opportunities. The second uh, scenario when the RAND is very weak, but you want to take money offshore because you want to invest in offshore assets, is to use currency agent. So all the funds that I mentioned just now have got currency hedged classes. So you are able to take your money offshore and invest in a in a currency hedge class, and then you get exposure to that asset. And later on, if the rand strengthens again, then you can then you can unhedge that position. So that's the the two ways that we handle those two scenarios to give the best return to our clients. Harold, would a client actively have to manage it, that, that process themselves? Or if they sit down with one of your financial consultants, would that strategy be rolled out and then they would get a call to say, we're seeing this and we're seeing those signals in the market. This is what we feel we should do. I would prefer to say that our clients sit with our financial advisors. That, that is the, the typical um, solution that we offer where a financial advisor and the client work together to get to the best outcome and my job in the in the background is to work with our financial advisors to also give the, the correct uh, guidance, the correct signals to say when is the appropriate time to unhit. So I would um, definitely say that, that the client should do that uh, alongside the financial advisor. Fantastic. Um, Harold, thank you very much for your time. Apology about the line quality, but thank you for your input. And um, I'm going to make sure that uh, after we put the phone down, I mention the, the email address so people go along. But um, what I'm surprised about is the plethora of options that you have for offshore investing. And uh, clearly it's something that you guys are quite passionate about and very involved about. So I'm going to send people there. But once again, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you very much. Great. Thank you. That was my pleasure. That was Harold Stranham, who is an actuary and a portfolio manager at Citadel. Please go along to Citadel. That's spelled C-I-T-A-D-E-L dot C-O dot Z-A or dot com. And they are a major investment um, house. They are, uh, you know, involved with other companies. It's a group of companies that work together, each one bringing their own flavor to the party. Go along and have a look at that. And there is definitely a time and a place for investing offshore. And uh, I suppose the one golden rule of investing is invest. Don't talk about it. Don't plan it. Don't overanalyze it because all that's going to happen is that it's never going to get off the piece of paper that you're planning it on. You've got to make a move and you've got to get involved. But make sure you take guidance and direction from qualified people. And what I liked what Harold's saying is that they've got a, a, a facility where when once you move your money, it can be parked and held 
in an offshore account earning interest waiting for the right opportunity for it to move. So please go along to Citadel and have a look at their website and make it a, you know, a move from there. Also, just, just to let you know that these are challenging times, not only financially but in many other ways. And many people are under pressure. For some, it can become all too much. Who do you t- turn to? Well, now you can turn to FM. Chai FM will be starting a helpline later this year, and we are looking for compassionate, caring volunteers to train as call center counselors. If you have a background or an interest in counseling, and you want to find out more, then you can email helpline at chaifm.com. Chai FM 101.9 megahertz of serving the community. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for being with us. Same time next week. Looking forward to seeing you.